teachers are struggling. Those are the words that many school leaders are uttering at the minute, around the world and especially in countries like the UK and the US. But what's behind this? What exactly does teacher struggle look like? And what can we do as leaders to help? Hi everyone, I'm Shane Leaning and welcome to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I work in teaching and leadership development and in this show I get to know the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference around the world. That involves interviews every other week and short reflections in between, which is what today's episode is. If you like this show, I'd really love to hear from you. So I'm a big Twitter fan, so you can find me there using at Leaning Shane. In fact, you can also find me on the new Threads app using the same handle. I do respond to all messages, and I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram if you want to find me there, links of which you can find in the show notes. So let's set the context. Last week, I attended the Festival of Education. This is an annual event that happens in the UK. It's based in the south of the UK and it's actually set in Wellington College, a beautiful grounds. It was a really cracking two-day event. The festival focuses on progressive ideas, some different pioneering practices, and there's a lot of really robust discussion in education from a whole host of voices. At this festival, you can actually take a few paths because there's just, you know, there's thousands of participants that means there's hundreds and hundreds of workshops so you can carve out the way you want to explore based on your passion or your interest now i went down a very specific road attending a lot of workshops and speaking to a lot of people around things like teacher retention and workload management the very first workshop i attended at this conference actually set off this theme which was actually a workshop on leadership retention by two people i respect enormously Um, in education, which is David Weston and Dami Dowder from the Teacher Development Trust. There were a few things that really stood out to me. So firstly, there has actually been an increase in the number of teachers in the UK over the last 10 years. But this hasn't necessarily increased with the number of students attending the schools, which means there's a lag behind this increase. That kind of hints at the idea that teachers maybe have a lot more on their plates at the minute. What was very interesting, though, is the issue of staff sickness in schools. There are many studies that they have looked into and found that staff sickness is at an all-time high. And this regular staff sickness can really affect schools. There was one school they talked about that actually had an average of nine teachers off every day, which you can imagine takes up the leader's time and also then spreads teaching more thin. David and Dami really passionately talked about how important it is to consider improving working conditions as a way to improve teacher attention and that it's not all just about things like pay and benefits. This is something that I think really can resonate with international schools as well because those schools on average that have the great working conditions get to keep their teachers longer. A particularly interesting point that they made was to caution against this excessive standardisation in teaching and learning. Let me take a step back here to explain what's potentially been happening. So we've known for a long time that teachers are struggling, especially focusing on the UK here. So teachers are struggling in the UK. Workloads are really high. Teachers are really struggling to manage the many tasks that they have to do. Interestingly, the industry seems to have responded in a very specific way. And I noticed this at the conference with a lot of vendors representing there offering these kind of standardized 
approaches to teaching and learning, be that standardized curriculum, standardized planning formats, um, anything to standardize the what a teacher does in the classroom. Now, what a lot of these companies and systems are trying to appeal to is to try and save teachers' time. So there's a good reason behind why they're trying to do this. You save teachers' time, it frees up more of their energy. However, what David and Dami really cautioned against is that by doing this, you're also removing teacher autonomy from the classroom. So there are a lot of products out there that can make a teacher's life in inverted brackets easily, but actually remove their ability to make their own decisions within the classroom. And there are many studies that show teacher autonomy is a key factor for attention. So if you think about it, we're trying to help teachers by giving more structure to what they do. And in that sense, we might actually be making them more stressed, making them not love the profession as much because they've got less autonomy. I thought this balance was really striking and that actually set off my whole conference being themed with this in my mind. So let's take another big theme of the conference, which was instructional coaching. Instructional coaching being a method of coaching, which is very teacher-centered to help teachers unlock the issues that they're having in their class, their next steps, and to be able to unlock their potential to improve their practice. The person touted as the father or godfather of instructional coaching, Jim Knight, came over from the US and actually attended the conference and gave a keynote. He suggests that this is a powerful solution to teacher improvement, to educational outcomes, but also to that teacher autonomy factor and retention. However, it's interesting that there's many diverse interpretations presented by different speakers on what instructional coaching even is. So I attended a workshop with Josh and John, the founders of an organization called StepLab, which is an instructional coaching platform. What's interesting is that their interpretation of instructional coaching, without going into too much detail, is different to, say, Jim Knight's approach to instructional coaching. And really, actually, that was the theme of the conference. Everyone was taking different interpretations on different things. And for StepLab, what's been leveled against them several times, I've seen this online, but also at the conference, is that many people are saying this is a one-size-fits-all approach, something that's removing teacher autonomy, even in its coaching methodology. I found this conflict within education really interesting. Where do you draw the line between teachers having resources made for them and as not reinventing the wheel all the time, but also giving teachers the autonomy as professionals to be able to develop their own practice and their own careers? What it comes down to in the end, for me, is that teaching is complex. Teaching is not a hard science like physics or maths with defined answers. It's a social science. And social science, by definition, means it involves people, people are diverse, and people are complex. It's a highly complex operation. And I think, therefore, leaning into one-size-fits-all approaches or leaning too much into not giving teachers autonomy is problematic. We have to appreciate that in every school, the teachers are different, the leaders are different, the students are different, the parents are different, the wider community are different, and all of those social factors contribute to individual decisions that should be made in a classroom and a school.
So there are three key reflections based on these areas that I would recommend international school leaders especially think about. Because let's not forget, in international schools we have a particularly acute need for teacher retention strategies. There is a natural teacher turnover that happens in international schools. Many of our teachers join our schools and leave within a cycle. The average in many schools can be only around three years because teachers are moving around naturally, living an international life. So here are three key reflections I think you could use as an international school leader based on some of the things I've learned recently. One is around teacher autonomy. My advice would be to really question excessive standardization and really go back to why are we standardizing? Don't just immediately jump to our teachers are struggling with workload and immediately jump to therefore let's standardize an approach. While this absolutely can work, the first step should always be to go to the teachers and really try to interrogate what is it that is causing the difficulty but also to try and work out how autonomous do teachers feel at the minute. Is your autonomy level seen as good? Are teachers already feeling that they don't have much control? Sometimes actually giving teachers more flexibility and less resources can actually result in them feeling more empowered and more motivated. It's not to say you don't standardise at all, but have a think about where you do and be careful in your decision making. Secondly, with workload management, of course, I would recommend really thinking about what are those unnecessary tasks. Teachers are still reporting, and this came up time and time again, that they rate the unnecessary tasks as really getting in the way. In fact, it was raised at several workshops and in several conversations that I have that what teachers are not unhappy with is workload as such, but that there's two types of workload. There's workload that teachers feel is impactful, And then there's workload that teachers feel doesn't impact the learning. Most teachers are pretty cool with workload that has an impact on what they're doing. In fact, teachers are some of the hardest working people I've ever met and are really happy to put in the time and effort to make things really unlock for their students. It's the tasks that they feel that they're having to do that's taking up their time that they don't see an impact in the classroom. So alleviating unnecessary tasks and focusing on those that apply directly to teaching can be a really good strategy. And third is work conditions. So how can you really foster a supportive environment, maybe including things like coaching to really listen to teachers and consider flexible working practices. Flexibility can look like many things. And in fact, there's a growing range of research, which I'm going to do a future episode on, on flexible working practices in education in terms of flexible working hours this is not an impossibility and I've actually seen schools that are employing these approaches which I want to come back to so that's three points teacher autonomy workload management and work conditions finally I just want to mention about integrating coaching if you're considering coaching and many are at the minute it's it's hot topic and it's a real buzzword around the world It's been going in the US for a long time with instructional coaching being well embedded into many programs there. But for UK teachers and many international schools, this is quite new. I would emphasize the importance of evaluating these different coaching models before you just jump into one model and really think about two areas when you're evaluating a model as a leader. How does this affect teacher autonomy and how does this affect teacher workload? 
and you need to really encourage a balance between that support and workload management. I would really highlight the value of diversity, adaptability and autonomy as key factors to create a positive work environment. So as you mull over these questions that we've discussed today, remember that as international school leaders, our aim is to inspire action, change and continuous improvements in our school and we should always come back to that aim. And as always, I want this to be a conversation. So what did you make of some of those insights? Have you taken steps to tackle these challenges around teacher attention and workload in your leadership journey? And are there any other issues you're grappling with that I didn't cover today but you'd love to discuss? Please reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram or threads using my handle at Shane. I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm really active there. I really want to hear from you and get your thoughts on this. All of the links to my social media and the people mentioned in today's show are in the show notes. Global Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning. Original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like the show, please subscribe or follow on the podcast platform of your choice. I'll see you next week.